0: All right, welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I'm Vince Quinn here with you. And joining me from a place that's got a lot going on right now in the sports world, he's a host and producer at 680, the fan in Atlanta, Carlos Medina. Carlos, what's going on?
1: Vince, good to be with you, man.
0: Well, yeah, and I, I am really glad you're here because, I like, seeing everything that is going on because you got the playoff series with the Hawks and, like, them and the Knicks has been really fascinating. But the first thing that's, that's just on my mind for you is, like, what are the Falcons doing? You know, like I just—I—I I don't know what their what their goal is. Like, what's happening with the Falcons right now?
1: Well, well, Vince, let me tell you this. This is a uh, there's a group of moves that have happened over the last couple of years that have put the Falcons in this situation. The first one is that they have taken care of their veterans. Matt Ryan is one of the highest paid guys in the league. Dante Fowler as an outside linebacker, uh, Jake Matthews at left tackle, Deion Jones and Grady Jarrett. Well, Julio Jones has been paid two different times as the highest-paid receiver in the league. With his injuries last year, he only played 40% of the snaps. And so what has gone on is because of the global pandemic and the drop in the NFL salary cap, you now have a team that outside of New Orleans and Philadelphia was one of the worst teams in the league going into the upcoming offseason in terms of cap space. And so the Falcons right now have less than a million dollars. They can't sign their rookie draft class. So right now they're trying to figure out how do we get a little bit of extra money to make something happen. And right now the most viable way to do it is Julio Jones.
0: Wow. Okay, so that, that makes a lot more sense now because the thing that I was struggling with on the outside was I'm looking at him going, okay, well, there was a big question with whether or not they're going to draft a quarterback at four, and they take Kyle Pitts, so it's like, all right, you're going you're to try to win with Matt Ryan, great, and then you're trading Julio Jones, is just like the things didn't compute, you know, so it, it's really that bad with the cap.
1: It, it, it's awful, and, and everything we heard from within the organization was it was Trey Lance, or they were going to go Kyle Pitts. They're trying to clean up their cap, and their cap really will not be clean until 2023. And so when you start talking about how do you create cap space in order to be able to sign your rookie class and do the business that you need, the two options really right now are this. Trade Dante Fowler, who after a high ankle sprain has only had three sacks last year. That's not really realistic. Or move one of the best receivers in the league that we've seen since 2011. And as it stands right now, uh, Julio Jones is a guy that we we didn't know until the past couple of weeks. He has requested a trade out of town. He looks at it as, I'm a 32-year-old wide receiver. I've been one of the greats in the league over the last 10 years, and I'm looking for a chance to win somewhere. And so this is where the marriage between the two, if they want cap space to do their job, they've got to move Julio.
0: Wow. So we're talking with Carlos Medina. He's a host and producer with 680 The Fan. In Atlanta now, obviously like the big news really with Julio Jones was the idea that he just got blindsided and got put on the air on first take. So for you in Atlanta, how did everybody handle that?
1: I, I will say this, Vince, it wasn't a giant surprise only because of this. Obviously that scenario was very surprising, but we all knew that if you're going to create the cap space they need, you have to move Julio. So we have all for the last three months realized it's a math game. It, that's all it is that Julio has to be moved out of Atlanta after june 1st in a trade in order to be able to get your business done the 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 fact that we then found out that you know obviously nationally gets talked about on on fs1 that hey i'm i'm out of there we all assume that but to hear him then talk about the fact that he understood that i'm out of there and that there's not a lot of options here that that was surprising this week
0: yeah so Given at the point that the Falcons are in there, where you're getting to this point where Julio Jones is going to get traded, it's, it just seems inevitable now, and obviously there's financial reasons to do it. What are you looking for in a return? Like, what 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 are the Falcons, is it just cap space, just anything, you know, and, and you can take a hit on the picks because the cap's so important? Like, what's a good haul in your opinion?
1: Well, we've heard uh, from Diana Rossini from ESPN that it was a future first-round pick that has been offered. Future first-round pick to me sounds like that's not the upcoming draft. That's drafts in the future. But I think the Falcons would be very excited if they could land themselves a second-round pick and other another uh, additional picks with that. The problem is is that every single general manager in the league realizes that the Falcons cannot conduct their business until they move this pick. So now that you know that Julio wants out and the Falcons need space, suddenly that really hurts his trade value. So you have a lot of people that have speculated it might be a third rounder. It's not going to be the amount that you would imagine for a guy who, on average, has had the most amount of yards uh, per game than any receiver in NFL history.
0: Yeah, wow. So, okay. So let me ask you this then, because now you're going to get to this point where soon enough Julio is, is very likely to be gone, and now you're going to be going into a season. I mean, you've had so many changes with the Falcons. And what are the expectations this year? Uh,
1: the, the, the Falcons last year, and I'll tell you this, Vince, it was a, uh, I mean, it was a grease fire. This team really should have won about eight or nine games. They gave away four games where they had double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. It was, just, it, it was just a mess of what happened last year. And I think Arthur Smith coming in, there was a lot of, I, the, the idea was that the Falcons would be a much more competitive football team. Suddenly, you now have Julio, who's looking to obviously jump out of the situation. And so right now, the Falcons are in this weird transitionary period where they've drafted Kyle Pitts, they have Calvin Ridley, they have some components on the offensive line, the defense is evolving. But if you're telling me that you're missing one of the best wide receivers in the league over the last 10 years, suddenly you're now talking about a little bit more of a rebuild situation with a 36-year-old quarterback.
0: And that's the thing that's so difficult I guess about all of this is you have Matt Ryan and so like in your opinion like let's say you were running the team which uh, I think is everybody's thrill so let's, let's say you're running the team right would you try to go and make things work to try to figure it out around, around Matt Ryan at this point or like what do you do with him and, and given the timeline
1: well again because of the cap situation the team decided to basically play the cap games with Matt Ryan, where we're going to give you your your money up front, we're going to basically extend the contract, we're going to keep you here. He is now married to the team for the next two years, and while I don't have an issue with that, I still realize that when it came to draft night, it was all about Trey Lance or Kyle Pitts. If Trey Lance was available to the Falcons when they picked. I believe they would have gone down that road, and they would have looked to move Matt Ryan at some point after June 1st. But once that didn't happen, it now comes back to, you got to move Julio. And so, again, it's all math. The the problem Mm -hmm. is that there's not enough cap space. They've they've played all the cap games they can, and unfortunately, they're now in a situation where they got to move Julio.
0: Okay, so we're talking with Carlos Medina as a host and producer at 680 The Fan In Atlanta Uh, let me ask you about the division because the NFC South is crazy I mean obviously you got the Bucks and they brought everybody back which is just completely ridiculous but then uh the Panthers have made so many different moves and that's a young team and the Saints are in a whole new era like how do you feel about the whole division
1: the division last year was much more up for grabs. Once Tampa won the Super Bowl, I think we all acknowledged, okay, they're the alpha. And even though they didn't win the division, they're the alpha going forward. New Orleans, obviously a whole lot of change there. They had their huge cap problems. Jameis Winston looks like he's going to be the starter there. We'll see what happens. Carolina continues to kind of evolve. We'll see how that plays out from there. But when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons and then looking at Tampa, Tampa had, the, they had $25 million in cap space. They were going to be able to bring everybody back atlanta is the team who's looking at them going we played pretty good football against you guys and 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 we're we think we can compete with you but you now have a team in atlanta that just does not have the space where they've got to go extremely cheap in a lot of different places because of the lack of cap space
0: yeah it's it's crazy to be cap strapped like that and being an eagles fan i i feel your pain in so many different ways i mean it's it's just been a mess on their end too so uh good, good luck with all of that. I hope the team is, is watchable this year and they, they play some good games for you. But on the other side of the equation, you, you do have the Hawks right now. Like, How is everything in Atlanta with the Hawks playing the way they are?
1: I, I will tell you this, Vince. Um, for all of us who have been watching Hawks basketball, and I, I will tell you this. Um, playing against a New York team, you get the New York hype and everything goes you know, along those lines. The Atlanta Hawks have basically been one of the best teams at home over the last month and a half of the season. They've won 12 straight home games. They're 20-2 and over their last 22. This is not a surprise to any of us that have been paying attention to Hawks basketball. Uh, We've looked at it as the Hawks are the better team with the better player. It just depends on how desperate New York gets. And so it's been a lot of fun, just obviously to see the win last night. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, But but for for a lot of us, it's it's a matter of the Hawks have a star player in Trey Young, and it's a matter of when the rest of of America realizes how good he is.
0: Well, I got to tell you, man, I mean, I because for Trey Young, I knew he was a really good player, but to see him go into that environment in New York where, I mean, immediately game one, like they wanted Trey Young's head, man. I mean, they, they were so aggressive, just like the fans and everything going after him. And for him to hit the shot at the end of that game, I was just like, this guy's got it, you know?
1: Well, Vince, he feeds on it. That's the thing. You're talking about a 6'1 point guard. After they drafted him, he came in the studio. I got a chance to meet him and the other draft picks. And I remember looking at him eye to eye and thinking, this guy is really small. Well, the fact is, he's been told he's really small the entirety of his career. When you talk about his AAU team, uh, Michael Porter Jr. was the guy who got all the attention. He was the fourth-ranked point guard in the nation. He's looking around the rest of these guys going, I'm so much better than the rest of y'all. And so the mentality of Trey Young is, Y'all hate all you want. I'm going to show you at the end. He's been doing it for this entire series.
0: And so what are your expectations then? Like, is it, is it, because the next round, inevitably it looks like you'd be playing the Sixers. Like is, is getting a round in the playoffs and winning that first round, is that a good season? Like, what do you want to see?
1: That would be a good season. Uh, my idea in my mind is that, the, the the Hawks are evolving. They're trying to become that team that is interesting to uh, basically get other free agents to come into here. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich was a big uh, haul for them. Getting Danilo Gallinari to commit, even though they overpaid him, but it's worked out. They're trying to basically create a scenario where they can create another star that wants to come in and join the team and say, let me get this straight the star player averages 10 assists a game, I'm going to get a lot of easy shots. And so that's kind of the idea. They're not going to go on beyond this series, but they want to create a scenario where over the next couple of years, they can attract another star to come here to Atlanta, which doesn't happen a whole lot.
0: Yeah, well, okay. A lot of interesting things in Atlanta. And the man on the scene covered it all with 680, the fan in Atlanta, Carlos Medina is the host and producer down there. Carlos, thanks for joining the show, man.
1: Vince, enjoyed it. Anytime you need me, I'm ready for you.
0: All right. Sounds good.